Amen. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, man. Awesome to be with you in his house. Glad to be with you in person and those of you that are joining us online. And uh, as today's Father's Day, hopefully when you walked in, you saw that you were supposed to put your name in here, guys. And uh, we're going to give you a gift card. Um, we gave out a couple of them in the last service at 915, and we're going to give one out right here. I don't think everybody put their name in, but, uh, well, you can take that with you so I don't trip over it, okay? Thank you. Andrew Cooper. Where at, Andrew? Where you at, buddy? There you are. Come on, man. I got you. There's a $50 gift card for you. I'll take your girl out. Yeah, man. Happy Father's Day. Thank you. All right. Yeah. It's good to be in God's house, isn't it? Last week, I made a, a statement uh, of a verse that we didn't put on the screen. Usually when I, well, most of what I uh, share with you scripturally, we put on the screens for you to see uh, and follow along with the Bible, but it's Hebrews 13, 8. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he is. We were just singing about that in that song, and I, I love it, all of it. You know, we're very blessed. Our worship team uh, attack people, all the people that serve here, cafe, kids, kids XP, youth, all the stuff that's going on here. We're so blessed. And we are very blessed to have an incredibly gifted uh, worship team and tech team, even though they were trying to get your attention and keep you awake today. Um, yeah, we had a little bit of difficulty in the last service, too. So uh, it's James Martin at CF. No, I'm kidding. All right, so <laughs> anyway, it's all good. Uh, we'll see if my voice stays with you or not uh, in this service. We were going to tell me I get a little too loud. And uh, so I will probably do that again. Yeah, I'm not going to try and keep it under control because I can't help myself. God's so, so amazing, man. And as I worship him with y'all and he's speaking to my life, I'm like so humbled. And <laughs> I believe, I believe that God is good to his word, that God hears our prayers when we seek him. And the word of God declares this truth to us. And so as we begin today, we were out on time in the last service, unlike last week, just so you all know, you will, good Lord willing, be out here on time as well. It's up to you how long you stay. That doesn't mean leave now. All right. We were looking a little bit at church history. Now, what I said last week in the first service, uh, an individual came to me, he told me he didn't care if I told you his name, but I'm not telling his name because he wasn't the only one. But somebody said, you know, like, hey man, that beginning I was having a hard time with, but man, the end was amazing. I'm like, dude, you can't have the end without the beginning. So, you know, whether you feel excited about it or not, if you're just sitting there bored, stick with it. God's got something to say to us. And sometimes it's not all rah-rah jumping around, ha-ha. God wants to say some things to us, and sometimes it just kind of settles us down. Somebody else told me some people were sleeping. You know, it's funny because I've had people come up to me and say, hey, I'm so sorry I worked overtime this week and I was sleeping. And I'm like, I didn't even know you're sleeping. I'm not looking at you anyway. So that's between you and God. And you should probably apologize to him, not me. I'm good. All right. So if you're taking your nap and this is your weekly nap time, you know, God bless you. If you can sleep through my voice, that's amazing. Uh, let's do this, right? We are looking at some stuff that God wants us to revisit as we look because it wasn't just a lesson on church history. It was a Bible history tied into church history, calling us as God's people to current history, because God's involved in all of it. You know, it's not like God's adding to his word. His word is spoken, and I always reference this, just so you know, I'm not, I don't care about Apple products or anything. It's just, this is where my Bible is. So I'm not like, hey, this is, I'm pointing at something. It's God's word, man, and he speaks to us from the past, the present, and the future in his word. It's incredible. That's why I know it's God's word. I mean, there's much, so many reasons, but the Bible is God's word, and we need to understand that, church. So as we look at what God has to say to us, he is calling us to this place right now, to know him personally. Church, we need to understand that the God we serve is a God who is desiring a turnaround. God desires our nation and the world to turn around. He does not desire destruction. God desires restoration. God's a healer. He's a creator. He's a loving God. All right? So God is desiring a healing of our nation. God desires repentance, not judgment. It is God's heart 
that we would turn to him and seek him like he calls us to. And church, I'm talking to us that are here. This isn't like one of those moments where you're like, man, I wish we could broadcast this on, you know, whatever channel or network. No, God's broadcasting it to us. Right here, right now, those that are online, he's speaking to us, and God knew we'd be here. Therefore, you're not here by accident, nor just because it's this day or whatever. God has called us to this very moment. And God is doing something, church, and we need to awaken ourselves to what God is saying because it's the same message from the same God. (laughs) We're going to look at this well-known passage. We ended with it last week, and I want you to hear it again. God wants us to hear it again. It's not Dave. We're calling out to him, and he is calling to us. And this is what his word says, 2 Chronicles chapter 7. So Solomon finished the temple of the Lord as well as the royal palace. He completed everything he had planned to do in the construction of the temple and the palace. Then one night the Lord appeared to Solomon and said, I've heard your prayer and have chosen this temple as the place for making sacrifices. At times I might shut up the heavens so that no rain falls or command grasshoppers to devour your crops, or send plagues among you. Church, before we read any more, I pause here again, just like we did last week, to point out to the fact that this is God talking about stopping the rain, eating up your crops, and bringing plagues. God is calling to his people, saying, look, I'm a God that's serious about who I am, about what I want, and what I expect, to the point that I will put you through whatever it takes to get you to know me. Thank you, God. Whatever it takes. I've prayed that prayer over my kids. I've prayed that prayer over my family. I've prayed that prayer over myself. God, whatever it takes, I don't want to be missing on the last day. I want to stand before you and you say, well done. I don't want to miss nothing, man. Therefore, I'm like, God, whatever it takes. If you've got to whoop me every day, then whoop me every day. Whatever it takes, God, I want to be there in the end. Man, God's word tells me, he's like, look, I will bring stuff against you. We've been through a plague, a global pandemic. You've heard it all about it, I know, and I'm with you. I don't really want to hear about it anymore. It is what it is, right? There's sickness traveling around. Always been sickness, always will be. I'm not making light of anything. Listen, God says, I will send plagues among you. Could it be that God's trying to wake up the world? Could it be? It's biblical. Hello? It's biblical. God's like, I'm going to do this because people need to wake up. He's not done. Before you go tell everybody that I said God brought COVID on the world, I said, could it be? His word says he will. That's it. We'll leave that alone now. God says at times I will shut up. Oh, are we going through a drought? At times I might shut up the heavens so no rain falls. Or command grasshoppers to devour your crops. Grasshoppers come in a lot of different things, right? Is there going to be food shortages coming up? We've been told there are. I'm interested to know, like, hey, God, hey, is this from you? He's like, wait a minute, listen, let's go to the next part. Then, then, did you notice that? Then if. After all this stuff, like, shakes you, rattles you to the core, and you're finally at that place where you're like, well, I'm sick, don't got nothing, can't do nothing. Hey, God. (laughs) Then if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. What does God say? I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sins and restore their land. You are the same God. We were just singing about that. This is God's word. God says to his people, look, wake up, look around you. Do you see the chaos in the world? Do you see everything that's falling apart? Hello, if you come to me, I will respond. 
God says, my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to every prayer made in this place. Man, God is calling us, church. He's calling us to wake up. He's calling us to repent. God not only says that he will bring the difficulties, he says he'll bring the healing. Oh, thank God, man. It's not just punishment. <laughs> God says the punishment has a purpose. The problems have a reason. The difficulties in life are there because we have to be reminded, desperately awoken to the fact that we need God. Well, it's happening, church. His purpose is for his people to follow his directions. And that first direction that he calls you and I to is to humble ourselves. Pray. Seek him. Turn from their wicked ways. Okay, so let's follow that sequence. Let's not forget those words as we progress through what God says to us, right? God's people praying, seeking his face, turning from their wicked ways. Because God says, when my people do that, I will hear, I will forgive, and I will restore. Okay, so that's God's promise. God tells us, church, the very thing we need to do. He lays it out for us, plain and simple. And we're like, well, that's Old Testament. We're not done in the Old Testament yet, but we're going to get to the New Testament. So when I get to the New Testament, you know, it's almost lunchtime. So <laughs> I want you to know there's no other way than God. There is no other way than God. There is no other way than God's way. And he's given it to us. He's the same God of Moses, the same God of David, the same God that came down in flesh, the same God that died and rose again, the same God that came and the Holy Spirit dwells within us, that same God. That's him. He's the one that's talking to us. Isn't it amazing that the God that spoke to Moses on the mountain is the same God that's talking to you and I right now? Woo, that's like awesome, man. That blesses my heart. There is no other way. So God calls throughout the Bible, man. I'm telling you, we could be here all day. You know that, but I'm talking about just looking at God's word and how many times he says this to us. The, the scriptures declare God calling his people to seek him, will humble themselves, pray, seek his face, Turn from their wicked ways, and then God will respond, right? Okay, so it's over and over and over again. So in spite of God's warnings and all that he says, they did it. They turned their back on him. <laughs> it's crazy how much we can know and still not obey. It's amazing to me how we can know what he says, but justify our actions when it's against what he says. So God's people turned their back on him. And if you look at the history of the Bible, you know that their relationship with God was like this. They would be like, God, we need you. Oh, you're amazing. God, we, we serve you. And God blesses them and things get good and they have all their needs met and all that. So it's like, oh, there is some truth to the prosperity gospel, but not all of it is true. But just stay with me for a minute because God's like, if you do this, I'll do this. Let's go. So then as soon as he does what he says, as soon as the blessings come where comfort's brought, every need's met, it's like, who's God? We don't need him. Become self-sufficient. It's exactly what happened throughout their history. And as soon as that happens, then they just like dismiss God. Then God's like, hey, remember me? <laughs> Down they go because God brings the wrath. So it's like that throughout the history of Israel. It's like this, whoop, we need you, God. We don't need you, God. We need you, God. We don't need you, God. And so as we go along, they come to be this powerful nation in the world, and they get self-sufficient. They become all about themselves, arrogant about who they are, arrogant about who they serve. I don't know if any of this affects you in the sense of knowing our history of our country, but as you look at Israel and you watch this, you can see it right there. It's plain as day. God brings his judgment because God's good to his word. And we go into the book of Ezekiel. And if you know your Bible, you'll look in, in Ezekiel 33. It starts off with the watchmen. So in the, in the olden days back then, we didn't have satellites watching. They had people up in towers. 
and they'd be watching all the horizons. And if they saw the enemy approaching, they would sound the alarm. The gates would be closed. All the soldiers should come to the forefront and get ready for battle. And so what God says is, hey, I've called you to be a watchman. He's talking about his prophets, those that would speak his word. He said, I'm calling you to make sure that you sound the alarm because the people need to hear it. And if you proclaim it and they hear it, then it's on them. If they don't respond and they get whacked, it's all on them. But if you don't sound the alarm and they get whacked, it's on you. Pretty serious stuff, right? Sorry, that's like modern terminology, but that's exactly what it's talking about. And so God says to Dave, like, look, you need to preach this word. Church, you need to hear me. This is God's word. And so he goes on with the message after he says this, son of man, give the people of Israel this message. This is God hearing. Listen, this is what he says. Give the people of Israel this message. You are saying our sins are heavy upon us. We are wasting away. How can we survive? They're like whining about their condition. They're complaining because things are hard. They're like, oh God, what is wrong? Why are we going through everything we're going through? That's what God says. He's, I, I hear him. Let's go on and hear what he says. As surely as I live, says the sovereign Lord, I take no pleasure in the death of wicked people. I only want them to turn from their wicked ways so they can live. Turn from your wickedness, O people of Israel. Why should you die? Son of man, give your people this message. The righteous behavior of righteous people will not save them if they turn to sin. Uh-oh. Church, I just want you to know that just blows up somebody's modern-day theology right there. God says, just because, just because, you once had a relationship with me and you were living right, and yet today you're not? I'm holding you accountable for now. Doesn't matter about the past. Church, I want everybody in this room to understand either side of that. The past doesn't matter right now. It's this moment. And this is exactly what God is speaking through the prophet. Hear what he says. Son of man, give your people this message. Did you hear what he just said? He didn't say give my people this message. Give your people this message. The righteous behavior of righteous people will not save them if they turn to sin. Nor will the wicked behavior of wicked people destroy them if they repent and turn from their sins. Woo! That's good news right there, man. God's saying like, hey, what, what matters is right now. Those of you that are banking on your past, stop it. Get real now. Those of you that know you got a jacked up past, he goes, stop it now. Today's what matters. God says, today's what I'm dealing with, and we've got to come to the moment of the present. When, I'm going back to the scriptures, when I tell righteous people that they will live, but then they sin, expecting their past righteousness to save them, then none of their righteous acts will be remembered. I will destroy them for their sins. Kablam! There goes that theology. It's God. It's God talking. Bank on anything you want to, but you better bank on his word and God is truth. And God says it right here. If it's not real today, it's not real. Give me an amen, somebody. Amen. That's God, man. Deal with it. I already know. Everybody's like, well, that's Old Testament. Just hold on. We're getting there. Same God. Same God. Let's keep reading now. I will destroy them for their sin. And suppose I tell some wicked people that they will surely die, but then they turn from their sins and do just what is just and right. For instance, they might give back a debtor's security, return what they've stolen, and obey my life-giving ways, no longer doing what is evil. If they do this then they will surely live and not die. <laughs> Thank you, God. <laughs> Isn't he awesome? Church, man, when you look at that, it's like God's like, 
even if I've already pronounced judgment on you. That's what he just said. And you are guilty if you turn today, right now, repent and do what I say. I will repent and not bring that against you. Look, all I'm telling you is it's not too late. Thank God it is not too late. It's not late, too late for you. It's not too late for me. It's not too late for our nation or the world. God's awesome, man. <laughs> None of their past will be brought up again, for they have done what is just and right, and they will surely live. Listen to this now. We're keeping reading. Listen, he says, your people are saying the Lord isn't doing what's right. Isn't it funny how we blame God when things are messed up? He's like, I hear him. I hear him whining. I'm like, hey, God. Yeah. You know, he says, hey, they're saying this, but it is they who are not doing what's right. For again, I say, when righteous people turn away from their righteous behavior and turn to evil, they will die. But if the wicked people turn from their wickedness and do what is just and right, they will live. Oh, people of Israel, you are saying the Lord isn't doing what's right. But I judge each of you according to your deeds. Wow, God's like emphasizing something. He just said that twice. And now the cool thing is, and I hope that you heard this when God's speaking, God goes from talking to a nation and their national sin and their brokenness and why they're going through what they're going through. And then God completely brings it to an individual, me and you, completely. And he says, but I judge each of you according to your deeds. He's like, I am bringing judgment upon the nation, but I want you to see that this is about me and you and our relationship. So church, this is the thing. What everything that we look at in the scriptures, God is calling his people, me and you, to this moment of truth. God is asking you and I to seek him, to pray, to humble ourselves, to repent, to turn away and to come to him and live what he's asking us to live. It's God calling to you and I. Well, they don't listen. What else is new? Read your Bible. They don't listen. And so this message was going to the nation of Israel. God brings the Assyrian Empire. You know your history? Assyria was a pagan evil people. And God uses them to bring judgment upon the land. And he brings them and he says he's going to bring them. And he does. And Israel is destroyed as a nation. Captured, carried away, completely eliminated from the place that they once called home. Little Judah still exists. So there's the nation of Judah and Israel because they had split many years before, but Israel is now destroyed. At the time the Assyrians came against Israel, they also came against Judah, but Judah had a godly king that turned to God, called out to God, and God delivered them like he always does. He's amazing. But now we move forward in history, our past, their forward 150 years. And as we do, we go to this moment where... The nation of Judah is doing the exact same thing. They're cocky about their past. They're cocky because they claim to know God. They own their place in the world because of the God they say they serve. But they don't serve him. Let that sink in for just a minute. And God, we trust. Hello. Dear God, forgive us, man. So here we are. Now we're here in the midst of this mess and God speaks through Isaiah. Chapter one, Isaiah steps on the scene to proclaim God's word. This is what it says. Listen to the Lord, you leaders of Sodom. Listen to the law of our God, people of Gomorrah. He wasn't talking to Sodom and Gomorrah, you know. He was talking to Judah. But do you know why I use those names, right? You know those names. Because you go all the way back into Genesis and you know that God had already brought a judgment against the people for their immorality, their perversion, their sin, their utter just wrong living. And God rained fire down on them as a 
judgment. So here is God using these words on his own people, trying to stir something inside of them. Listen to it. What makes you think I want all your sacrifices? This is God speaking. I'm reading the scriptures. What makes you think I want all your sacrifices, says the Lord? I am sick of your burnt offerings of rams and the fat of fattened cattle. I get no pleasure from the blood of bulls and lambs and goats. When you come to worship me, who asked you to pray through my courts with all your ceremony? Stop bringing me your meaningless gifts. The incense of your offerings disgust me. As for your celebrations of the new moon and the Sabbath and your special days for fasting, they are all sinful and false. I want no more of your pious meetings. I hate your new moon festivals and celebrations and your annual festivals. They are a burden to me. I cannot stand them. Church, this is God talking. This is God talking to his people. These same people who are living lives like Sodom and Gomorrah but yet, we're still following the religious practices of the day. They were still going through the religious motions that God told them to follow. All these things we're talking about were instructions from God to worship Him. But do you see how God viewed their worship? Disgust, hate. He did not want any part of it. Why? Because their lives did not measure up with their religious practices. Mm. This is God talking. Listen, he says this to him. When you lift up your hands in prayer, I will not look. Though you offer many prayers, I will not listen. For your hands are covered with the blood of innocent victims. Wash yourselves and be clean. Get your sins out of my sight. Give up your evil ways. Learn to do good. Seek justice. Help the oppressed. Defend the cause of orphans. Fight for the rights of widows. Come now. Let's settle this, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, I will make them as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, I will make them as white as wool. If you will only obey me, you'll have plenty to eat. But if you turn away and you refuse to listen, you will be devoured by the sword of your enemies. I, the Lord, have spoken. Whew. Wow, man. That's some powerful stuff right there, man. God is not messing around. God is telling his people over and over again the same thing. You remember what we said at the beginning? Same God, same message, same call for the same response. God's like, hey, I'm God. I'm here. You need me. If you don't think you need me, I'll show you and prove to you how much you need me. Because you need me. It's like, why in the world do we continue to be headstrong in doing our own thing when God says, do my thing? He's talking to his people, church. Me and you. So this invitation of God is to hear his word respond to it the response to it is repentance seeking him turning from our wicked ways and coming and living for him this very day church the message is the same and god says when you do i will it's the good news man that God's like, I'm ready to respond i want to do something i'm ready to do something i'm waiting on you a move of God can happen. Healing of lives for people can happen. A transformation of our nation can happen. A global awakening to God can happen. It has happened in the past. God's the same God. Church, it's not over. Stop giving the white flag and saying, well, it's too late now. God didn't say raise up the flag of surrender to everything in the end. Seek him. God wants to respond. There's things in history where God himself does what he said he'd do and says, okay, I'm bringing judgment. Well, I guess I won't now because you turned to me. Therefore, I'm not going to do what I said I'm going to do. God doesn't do what he says when we respond to him the way he asks us to. There's hope. 
Okay, throughout Isaiah's messages to his people, God just keeps emphasizing the same thing. And while he is giving the messages, destruction is happening. So Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonians are now the world power, no longer the Assyrians. They come against Judah. They're seizing the place. And they said, you know, like all this, and then the city's like, we can't live, we're dying, we're starving. There's plagues among us. We're, oh, yeah, maybe they should have listened to what God said. So then King Nebuchadnezzar takes captives over back to Babylon. He lets a few of them stay. So the people that stay saying, like, we're the righteous ones. We're good. Yeah, man, he got rid of all them. We're good to go. And, you know, like, things are difficult. Taxes were high. I'm talking about in the Bible now, seriously. Taxes got high. Food wasn't available. Insecurity was everywhere. And while this is going on, God's word is being spoken to the people, calling them to repent. Let me read to you again now in Isaiah 45. For the Lord is God, and he created the heavens and the earth and put everything in place. He made the world to be lived in, not to be a place of empty chaos. I am the Lord, he says, and there is no other. I publicly proclaim bold promises. Isn't that awesome? Church, right there, you should get excited, man. God's like, hey, I'm not like, I don't have some little secret book for someone to figure out. God's like, hey, I publicly, boldly let you know what I promise to do. God's not hiding from us. He's right here. He's like, look, man, this is my word. I love it. I do not whisper. I'm reading the scriptures again. I publicly proclaim bold promises. I do not whisper obscurities in some dark corner. I would not have told the people of Israel to seek me if I couldn't be found. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? God's not like waiting to rip the rug out from under you, man. He's like, I'm telling you I'm here so that you know I'm here. I'm available. I love it. I, the Lord, speak only what is true and declare only what is right. Gather together and come, you fugitives from surrounding nations. What fools they are who carry around wooden idols and pray to gods that cannot save. Consult together. Argue your case. Get together and decide what to say. Who made these things known so long ago? What idol ever told you that they would happen? Was it not I, the Lord? For there is no other God but me a righteous God and Savior. There is none but me. Let all the world look to me for salvation, for I am God, and there is no other. Yeah. Woo. Here at church, this is God speaking to his people. He's like, look, there is no other way out of this but my way. My promises are real. They're true. They're good. God's like, I am good to my word. All you got to do is follow my ways and I'll respond. I'm waiting on y'all. That's God talking. Man, I love it. I'm like, oh God, we need it so bad. The message is always the same, church. Some people have made that mention to me like, man, you know, you said surrender, trust, and obey. I mean, well, guess what? It's God's message. It's God's word. You need to surrender, trust, and obey. You've got to repent. You got to turn from your wicked ways. You got to live the face. It's God's message, man, over and over. It's going to be the same message forever and ever. Okay. So God's made it publicly known. He lets the world know I'm available. When we seek him, he's there. He's ready to listen. He's ready to respond. And so seek the Lord. This is what he says to, to the prophet Isaiah again. Listen, this awesome. Seek the Lord while you can find him. Call on him now while he is near. Let the wicked change their ways and banish the very thought of doing wrong. Let them turn to the Lord that he may have mercy on them. Yes, turn to God, for he will forgive generously. You see what I mean? Listen to it. Church, listen to it. This is God. And Judah would not respond. 
And so the destruction came. Complete and utter annihilation of the land, of the city, and the temple of God. God's good to his word, man. Now, we're jumping into the New Testament, and we're not going through the whole New Testament. I know it's Father's Day, and you have places to be in. We'll be out of here, but listen to this, okay? I have several times uh, mentioned in messages, uh, preaching this message, and doing devotionals in the daily devotionals we send out. I have referenced the message to the seven churches often. And usually when we talk about the seven churches, I, me, I'm saying like when I do the message and God's given to me, it usually follows this sequence of events. That every single message that God speaks, Jesus speaking through John to the churches, he says, I know. That's the opening. God has the exact same opening to his messages every time. I know. So what he's trying to tell all of us is that, you know, everything's transparent. Nothing's hidden from my sight. I know everything. And he concludes every message with the exact same conclusion. The action step from Jesus to every church is the same. You have ears to hear. Hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Same message. Same opening, same closing. Seven times. So today... Having established that and understand it, I want to share with you something in the middle of all that. Most of you probably know that in the churches that we uh, read about there in Revelation, that five of the seven churches are called to repent. So God, again, speaking to his people, calls his church. This is New Testament. These are people that are proclaiming Jesus, have been baptized in their faith, uh, preaching the Bible, doing that kind of thing, right? We're talking about churches like us, right? And so five of the seven, he says, you need to repent. In the midst of this, Jesus says, repent or else. Jesus says that to the church. Repent or else I will take you out. Jesus said that to the church. Repent or I will take you out. <laughs> Crazy, isn't it? So as we look at this then, we step into the church in Ephesus. Now when we read the scriptures, it's good for us to understand that like when the book of Ephesians or right here in Revelation when he talks about the church in Ephesus, he's not talking about one local congregation like we are here at CFF, Christian Faith Fellowship. He's talking about the church in Tucson. So every Christian church in Tucson that follows Jesus Christ, the letters were written to all of them. And so when we read this, I want you to understand that he is not singling out one church. He's looking at the church and the message is to the church. So in the, 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 the church of Ephesus, this is what he says in Revelation 2.5. Here's God, God speaking to us through this. Look how far you've fallen. Turn back to me and do the works you did at first. If you don't repent, I will come and remove your lampstand from its place among the churches. It's Jesus, remember? So let's just pause for a second, because if you go back into the book of Ephesians, and then you go all the way back into the book of Acts, where Ephesians was born, when the Spirit of God was moving, and there was a revival and a move of God happening across the globe, in Ephesus, there was a move of God that happened. And there was churches that were formed, people were following Jesus, and they were known. All you gotta do is read right at the beginning of the book of Ephesians, for their love. Right? This is approximately 35 to 40 years after that. And as we read this message from Jesus to that church, he says, look where you are now. Remember where you were with me? Look where you are today. He's like, you need to turn back to what was healthy between us like you had. And you need to repent to get there. And if you don't, I'm going to take you out. That's pretty serious, man. Let's move on to the next church. 
Now we're moving into the church um, in Pergamum. And this is what he has to say. Repent of your sin, or I will come to you suddenly and fight against them with the sword of my mouth. Jesus is saying, I'm, I'm going to use the word of God. The sword of my mouth will come and take you out. Okay, church in Thyatira. I gave her time to repent, but she does not want to turn away from her immorality. So what was going on? I'm going to pause there for a second because what was happening in the church is they started following like deceptive, immoral, perversion, and corruption. And this is Jesus saying, I gave her time to repent. She doesn't want to turn away from her immorality. Therefore, I will throw her on a bed of suffering, and those who commit adultery with her will suffer greatly unless they repent and turn away from her evil deeds. Let's go to the next church, which is in Sardis. Wake up! Strengthen what little remains, for even what is left is almost dead. I find that your actions do not meet the requirements of my God. Go back to what you heard and believed at first. Hold to it firmly. Repent and turn to me again. If you don't wake up, I will come to you suddenly as unexpected as a thief. New Testament, same story. Right? Repent, turn away from sin, live right today. Doesn't matter that you were righteous in the past. What matters is today. Same message. Same God. Same word. Church in Laodicea, you guys all know this one. You probably heard about Laodicea more than any of the other churches, right? Let's listen to what he says here. I know all the things you do, that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish that you were one or the other. That's kind of like an astounding word from Jesus right there. You know that, right? He's like, I wish you were either on fire for me or living in complete immorality and sin. That's Jesus talking right there. This is how serious he is about what's going on. I wish that you were one or the other. But since you are like lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. You say I'm rich. I have everything I want. I don't need a thing. You don't realize that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. So I advise you to buy gold from me, gold that has been purified by fire. Then you will be rich. Also buy white garments from me so that you will not be shamed by your nakedness and ointment for your eyes so you will be able to see. I correct and discipline everyone I love. This is Jesus talking. Hey, you had a whooping this week yet? If not, get ready. You're going to get your seat warmed. <laughs> Jesus says he disciplines everyone he loves. He loves you. He loves me. Therefore, he's going to whoop us a little bit. So the health, wealth, and prosperity gospel isn't really the full gospel. Because he's not just planned for you to have all this good stuff. He also plans for you to get a whooping every once in a while. Because he loves us. And he knows we need to be kept in line. Okay, let's keep reading then. I correct and discipline everyone I love, so be diligent and turn from your indifference. He's like, come on, man, wake up. Okay, so there's two good churches, thank God. Smyrna and Philadelphia. So these are the only two churches that he doesn't have to say have to be uh, repenting, right? So we're talking about the good churches. So if there's ever any truth to a health, wealth, and prosperity gospel, we should find it live here, right? Because they're doing the right thing. Let's see what it says about them, right? We're going into Revelation 2, 9 and 10. To the church in Smyrna. I know about your suffering and your poverty. <laughs> Boom, there goes that theology. This is the good church, man. This is Jesus saying, like, I know what's going on down there. I see what's happening. And I know that you are suffering and you're in poverty. But you are rich. <sighs> see how different God's view of stuff is than ours? God tells this church that's suffering and in poverty says, you're rich. You guys really do have it. You got it. 
All right, let's keep reading. But you are rich. I know the blasphemy of those who oppose you. They say that you are, they are Jews, but you are not. They are not because their synagogue belongs to Satan. Don't be afraid of what you're about to suffer. You mean we're not already suffering? <laughs> we're already in poverty. We're already struggling. And, and here's the message for Jesus to the good church. Don't be afraid. Things are going to get a little rough. Don't be afraid of what you're about to suffer. The devil will throw some of you into prison to test you. Oh, man. I wish that didn't say that. God's like, yeah, man, you're going to have a hard time coming, church. Those of you that love me and are serving me, you're going to end up in prison because you love me and serve me. The devil will throw some of you into prison to test you. You'll suffer for 10 days. But if you remain faithful, even when facing death, I will give you the crown of life. Woo! Jesus is like, you're going to go through some stuff, and you may even face death. But stay true. Stay true. Okay, let's jump over to Philadelphia, because it's like, I don't want to be in the church of Smyrna. <laughs> Jesus talking to these guys. Because you've obeyed my command to persevere... Wait a minute. They've already been persevering. So another good church. You've, come, you've obeyed my command to persevere. Because of that, I will protect you from the great time of testing that will come upon the whole world to test those who belong to this world. We're, we're learning a lot of God theology today and not church and people theology. What's interesting to me right here is that Jesus says like, a church um i'm gonna be with you but there's gonna be some really hard stuff that i'm pouring out on the entire planet and you're going through it so i look at this and i'm like i'm not i'm not saying this so don't go out quoting me or anything i'm just i'm saying like please god let there be a rapture <laughs> Because when I look at this, and he's like, I'm bringing something against the entire world, and you're going to be in it. I'm like, man, I hope that rapture thing comes true. Because <laughs> what I read right here is like, you know, sometimes God does global judgment, and the church is present through it. Just saying. And, and he's doing it to test those who belong to the world. Why? His word already told us. He's doing this because he's trying to get people to come to him and repent. Okay, we're not done. Let's keep reading. I'm coming soon. Hold on to what you have so that no one will take away your crown. <sighs> Isn't God awesome? He's amazing. Church of Tucson, those hearing us online, we have, we have to repent, man. We've got to get serious about this relationship with God. We've got to be real. We've got to be real with ourselves because God's already being real with us. He tells us over and over again that he knows everything about us. There's nothing hidden from his sight. Therefore, God is saying to his people, please seek my face, pray, humble yourselves, repent, turn from your wicked ways, live the faith today. Today, live it. Don't worry about the past, good, bad, or different. Whatever it's been, today matters. Today matters. And God is calling us to humble ourselves and seek Him. I pray that the Spirit of God is stirring your heart in this moment to come to Him. Let's look to Him right now, church. You already know the altar's open. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, pray, and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways. I will hear, I will listen, I will forgive, I will restore. He is our only hope. <laughs> he is my only hope. He's your only hope. He's it, man. Oh God, how we need you. God, how we need you. 
my goodness me. Please hear him, church. Please hear him. Holy Spirit's talking. He's moving. Please don't ignore him. God will not ignore that sin in your life. He will not ignore it. to go home to fix it. It's not what God's telling you to do. Don't sit here today and think like, well, I can't because of... No, please don't. (laughs) My heart is heavy, man. It's calling. God is calling you. Please. God has placed some people in my heart that I am praying for you right now. The devil's a liar, man. He's telling you to wait fix a couple things to do that no don't wait don't wait please God's calling come oh God church. Thank you for being available to him. Thank you for opening your hearts to him. Continue to do that as we seek God together. I am believing God for a move. I am. I am believing God for that. I do see movement. Thank God. And I am praying for that movement to continue and pick up speed and strength and power from God. Father, let it be for your glory and purpose, God. Stir our hearts, God, and draw us to you, we pray. In the name that is above every name, the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you, church. God bless you. Happy Father's Day, guys. Have an amazing day with him.